This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. It's the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. Lily Womble is a feminist dating coach, the founder and CEO of Date Brazen, and the author of the upcoming book, Thank You More Please, A Feminist Guide to Breaking Dumb Dating Rules and Finding Love. I love that title about dumb dating rules because aren't they stupid? (laughs) So dumb. Oh my God. So so dumb. dumb. Lily, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here, Kelly. We were just talking. We are both Southern girls. And I said, you know, the dating world is different for us Southern girls. Have you felt that? I know now you live in New York City, right? I live in New York now. I don't know if me and my husband will ever leave. We live in Brooklyn. We love it. But he's from Texas as well. So I married a Southern man. And I knew that I wanted to find somebody who was connected to his family um, and who had like the warmth that I remember yes, growing up, yeah. um, but who had chosen to live in New York. So I think, I mean, I don't know what your perspective is, but I grew up watching the women around me dying on the vines, like older women, moms dying on the vines of unfulfilling marriages. Like mm. I just was watching this and the whole like, you know, Southern thing. And maybe it's not just, I don't think it's just Southern, but it's so prominent there with the church culture and the deep South, totally. like Bible belt culture of, you know, a woman needs to be subservient to her husband, which I really, as a feminist, I'm, I I would go to these weddings as a child, Kelly, and look around and be like, oh no, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no. I don't know about this. I don't think that this is healthy for anybody Something right here. Yeah. So it definitely and then going to school in Mississippi for college and being in a sorority for a couple of years and then quitting. I talk about that in the book like how that like ended in a fiery hellscape because I realized that this was a more conservative organization and that I didn't belong really. And yeah. So yeah, being a Southern woman definitely informs everything that I talk about in the dating world. Yeah. Well, we mentioned now that you're the founder of Dating Brazen. And so I want to, We, you are here, of course, to talk about Valentine's Day because this podcast yeah. is going to be released on Valentine's Day. So we have a lot of good nuggets for you guys on that. 
But I want to talk about the work you're doing now and kind of give the listeners a little bit of a background. So you just said you're from the South. You moved to New York City. You were a matchmaker. Is my getting this (laughs) right? Okay. I actually, it's so fun because I don't meet a lot of matchmakers, but I know these exist in the world and they're so helpful. But then take it from there. How did your journey kind of unfold? So the well-being of women and girls has always been my heart and my purpose. And I sort of randomly, I needed a side hustle in New York because I needed to make ends meet, as you do. And I landed at this national matchmaking firm sort of randomly. I thought it would be a hilarious, sorry about the Brooklyn noise outside, but (laughs) I thought it would be a hilarious story about how I was once a matchmaker. And then I got into this job and I realized that, number one, I was really good at it, Kelly. Brag, I became the third most successful successful out of 160 matchmakers at this firm. Oh my God. And uh, yeah. And I had hundreds of clients. I was having thousands of phone calls with potential dates for my clients. I mean, I learned so much. I learned also, I think the most important lesson that I learned was that dating was a microcosm of our well-being as human beings and especially as women. So dating is, you know how some people treat dating as like, oh, you'll figure it out. Like it's kind of frivolous. Being treated as kind of frivolous. But I saw that it was every hope, joy, dream, fear, insecurity, desire that we have as humans. So So I saw dating as this portal. If I could help someone with their dating life be well, feel free, have agency, then I could help them be well in their life, period. Wow. So. At that point, I was like, oh, I, I kind of like working in the dating space. But in my own personal life, my love life was a dumpster fire. <laughs> Isn't it funny? It's like the things we can't do we're teaching. But then you're like, wait a second. What's wrong I was like, here oh, with that idea? Yeah. It's sort of like I felt like I had a split personality. I would be on the yeah. phone with my matchmaking clients, be like, you deserve so much more. And then on my own personal life, I'd be like crying in the bathroom of my then boyfriend's apartment, like silently. And And, you know, it just, I did not receive any of the care or love that I wanted, Mm. but I firmly, I mean, growing up in the deep South, I wonder if you can resonate or relate. I believed that I was too much, yeah, too intense, too bossy, too much of a leader, too loud, too sensitive. And so I was dating to like prove that story wrong. But in doing so, I was attracting people who believed I was too much because that's what I believed that I was worth. Exactly. And they always talk about the mirroring thing. We talk about that a lot on the podcast. Like you're going to draw in whatever it is your soul is ready to heal. And so you obviously were ready to recognize that in yourself and move past it. I love that. Mm. So once you have this realization, though, then what happens? Oh, my God. So after uh, too long in that relationship, and I talk about all of the details in my book of like really being in that relationship and matchmaking at the same time, I was about a after a year no longer willing to live in dissonance anymore. Yeah. I just felt so much cognitive dissonance. My brain was fighting itself all the time. My parents were getting a divorce at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I got to this breaking point where I told my therapist, like, I'm no longer willing to live out of alignment. And I need to learn how to never settle again because this has been my pattern. Mm. And I didn't know how to fix that pattern. And I looked around for help when I, you know, courageously broke it off with that person with the help of my therapist. I looked around for help. My therapist hadn't dated in 30 years. She didn't know what to tell me. My friends just told me to download another dating app. Just Mm. play the numbers game. Are you sure you're not being too picky? Okay, that's not going to work. Then I looked at matchmaking, which can be a good solution for some people, but I needed something so much deeper than a first date. Yeah. 
And so I started to build my own solution about seven years ago, started to coach myself. I started to get beneath the surface of the you're too much story. I started to practice self-compassion for the first time. I started to own my essence-based preferences, something that I was helping my matchmaking clients do for themselves, but I hadn't done for myself. And so the magic that happened is that I started feeling free and joyful in my dating life. I started feeling flirty. I started giving my number to cute waiters. I started. (laughs) Like I, at that point came out as bisexual to my family and friends. I was like coming into this version of myself that felt so authentic and aligned. And then I started coaching my matchmaking clients and they started to find better dates and relationships for themselves than I or anybody else could find for them. So the, the bonus that happened is a few months later, I ended up meeting the love of my life, my now husband, Chris, on a rooftop. And uh, we've been together for the last six years. And six years ago, I broke up with matchmaking to start Date Brazen. So now I get to help feminist humans build dating lives that are joyful Mm -hmm. and that lead to the right relationship. When you say that you saw your matchmaking clients helping themselves through their dating patterns, what does that mean? What do you mean by that? Well, I was like coaching them. So I was like coaching them through how can you overcome the paralyzing fear of being rejected? Right? Mm-hmm. Or like, That's a big how one. Can you, yeah, this is a pretty, pretty yeah. crucial. How can you own your preferences and just start asking for more out yeah. loud? Like it's so simple seeming, but because as women, especially or people socialized as women, we are socialized to want less, be less, shrink. Yeah. It can be very counterintuitive feeling to start taking up more space in your romantic life especially Mm -hmm. if you haven't had much success before. So they started to like make eye contact with people on the subway and like ask people out and like go be bold and brave out in the real world. They didn't need necessarily somebody setting them up on a date anymore, you know? Yeah. So that's so interesting. So when you're getting to the root of why like you're driven by the things you're driven by, you almost don't need the extra piece at the end where like you're saying to get set up on a date, like you have to build your own confidence and your own understanding of self. And then all of a sudden the world completely opens up. Yeah. And and not to knock anybody who has loved matchmaking. It just for me, I wanted to help people become their own expert matchmaker in that way. Yeah. So date brazen is now more of the coaching aspect of that. Yeah. It's all coaching. I have hundreds of clients, about a hundred act clients in my program, the brazen breakthrough right now. And the book, thank you more, please is my proven process, like step-by-step from unpacking past patterns that are haunting you (laughs) to detoxing from dating apps and really detoxing from toxic patriarchal dating culture to then owning all of your preferences and starting to date in person with main character energy and online with main character energy so that you can make the right relationship inevitable. So my program that I coach people through is also exactly what's in the book, which is why I'm so excited. The book is great, you guys. I got a pre-copy and I've been reading it and I love it. And I was telling Lily, it's so great because so many times in this dating culture, it's like all of these rules or all of these like things that are just so complex that I, I think a lot of people just can't can't fully grasp it or understand it or even apply it to their lives. And these are such tangible tips. And they're also, it's probably because it's spoken from experience. Mm -hmm. which to me is always the best kind of information to get because you're like, you've lived it, you have a success story, and also you've just learned about yourself in the process. So she really speaks from that voice. So as I said to you before the podcast, we'll have to have you back on when the book comes out to really dissect the book. 
Today we gotta dive into Valentine's Day. Let's get into it. We gotta we gotta help people. Let's, Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I feel like when I was thinking about this podcast and having this conversation with you specifically, I was like, she's gonna understand my gripes about Valentine's Day. Like I hate Valentine's Day. I think it's so stupid. Can we do like an overall understanding of why why do we make Valentine's Day such a big deal in this culture? Okay, I have such hot takes on this, Kelly. Okay, I can't wait. <laughs> okay, so if we do a macro look at why as women or people socialized as women or people in general, yeah, why do we place so much emphasis on romantic relationship as the gold standard of human existence? And happiness. Like, and it, happiness. Yeah, like you're, you, it's like almost like in our culture, people cannot accept that you might be okay if you're not in a, relationship. One of my clients said it so beautifully. She was like, I'm treated as if I'm pathetic for wanting a relationship and pathetic for not having had one already. Yeah, exactly. So it's this double bind. So I think that just like bringing awareness, it can bring some comfort, I think, to just bring some awareness to the societal pressure at play that has nothing to do with you or your worthiness. Because I don't think that a romantic relationship is a marker of value, but the world treats coupled people as a head of single people. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's BS. I don't think that that's true at all. Well, I feel like this Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing is the perfect example of... Get into it. Well, it's just like, I'm like, guys, are we going to stop talking about this ever? (laughs) This is like showing me just how almost love addicted our society is because Mm. we're so wrapped up in just obsessing over this fantasy relationship that we know nothing about. Mm -hmm. And the fairy tale of it, you know, it's like, it's almost like maybe it's people need the hope of it so much, which makes me really sad about what's going on behind the scenes of everyone's lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's a hard both and. I'm a big proponent of the both and, right? Okay. Either or would say, the either or might say like, either I want a relationship and then I'm desperate, or I'm fine being single and I don't want a relationship at all, which could be a denial of a deeper desire for sure. the right partnership, right? So a both and coming in the middle could sound like for for individuals struggling on this Valentine's Day, and you've got me in my Southern accent now. Oh. I'm not usually <laughs> I brought it um, out in uh, struggling, <laughs> struggling. Yep, yep, you totally did, but I love it. Um, so the both and would sound like I want a relationship, and it's not here yet, and sometimes that can feel crappy. And there's so much more to my oh, life yes. than this one piece of it. Yes, yes, I agree with that completely, and I think that it's great, like. I mean, I obviously have lived in a place where I've been single. Listeners know this for a while. And I really definitely want a partnership, but I also don't want to settle. And so in the meantime, I'm building the life that I want, doing the things to make myself happy. But then there are days like today, Valentine's Day, where I think you kind of start to question yourself a little bit or, you know, the things come up where... You're like, everyone has these plans. I got to make plans because if I sit at home by myself, I might be sad. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. So let's talk a little bit. We kind of touched on the V-Day scam, but what do you think the V-Day scam really is? It is go spend money. I mean, that's the thing. It's like the 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 wool's been pulled over our eyes. You know, yeah. it's not really about it's not really about love and connection. I don't think in yeah. the, in the cultural narrative, it's about have it, it. It's about going and spending money at a beautiful restaurant and buying gifts so that you stimulate the economy. I think that that's also why people that like top down or pressured into getting married and having babies. So they're like, we keep the, we keep the status quo going of all this. Yeah. Right? So I think just saying like, I, very similar to, you know, the pressure on TikTok that I've experienced sometimes to spend money to live a certain lifestyle, right? right. Um, that, that then creates more stress when I can just neutralize all of it and be like, what do I actually want? What do mm-hmm. I actually need? And strip away the noise. Um, I think that very similarly dating apps are, you know, the, the like quippy designed to be deleted messages of them all would have us all believing the dating apps are on these streets to actually help people when in actuality their original, their deeper intention is to make money because they're a, you know, a company that is owned by Match Group, Tinder, Hinge, uh, not Bumble, but all the rest of them um, to make money for their shareholders. So really like stripping away the facade of these different pieces of the dating world, Valentine's Day, dating apps, to really see beneath the surface and see like, okay, what's the intention of these structures or holidays, quote unquote, and how can I create meaning for me Mm -hmm. and create what I want for me? For example, for Valentine's Day, if you have this craving for love and connection, then how can you create that now? Ooh, with the I love people in that. your life now. Yeah. Right? Very if you want to find the right partnership, how can you not look to a dating app to solve that problem? Yeah. What if you just said like how can I how can I be in control of this tool, mm. you know, and not be taken advantage of by a dating app or the V-Day myth? Mm. 
Yeah. I mean, if you're a manifester or anyone that's like a big proponent of energy, that is what they say to do, right? To create the feelings that you want for your future, for your relationships in your life currently. So I love that to just like find the connection, find the love. It doesn't have to mean that you don't have that in your life in other areas just because you're not in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Kelly. Are you willing to, can I sh- ask you a question based on oh, something you just said? Sure. <laughs> she turned the tables answer, on me. No, I'm just curious. You said something that was like, oh, I wonder what you mean. Okay. And you said, I'm starting to have pressure or like around Valentine's Day, like some, I'm afraid to be sad or like, or the, the like deeper stories that feel like, oh, that's, that story's not fun. What were you thinking of? Like what? I'm trying to remember when I said you? that. Um, I actually don't remember when I said that, but I do think that in the past I could say that there's been like, I'm actually content in my life right now. So I don't feel this, but in other times of my life, I have definitely felt, and this was a little bit when I was younger, still kind of unraveling some of the Southern programming. I think I'm just Mm. feeling like a failure on this kind of day. If I didn't have this perfect relationship and Actually, that this is the perfect transition into what I wanted to talk about next, which is the comparison game, because I think it can go so many ways, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. single, you're comparing yourself to your friends and relationships, or you can be in a relationship and you're still on days like today, like, well, shit, her uh, boyfriend took her to this really nice steak restaurant and we went to Chipotle. Yeah. Like it's like just yeah. constant comparison. And I think that one of my narratives that I've had to let go of is like, this picture perfect southern world of getting married by this certain age having Mm. kids my life has just played out differently and now I'm really happy but at the time of releasing all that programming it was really hard on days like today yeah I think that comparison is so hard because it feels like the truth the capital T truth that you are behind or that you yeah. somehow are broken. Like though what what's happening in the brain, let's just look at like why your brain might be serving you those thoughts. Okay. It's the function is self-protection. The function is dress oh. rehearsing tragedy so that you remain in your safe zone because it feels much more vulnerable to open up to hope. Oh my or God. Possibility. That just like blew my mind a little bit because it's so true, isn't it? Yeah. The function of comparison is safety. Yeah. I always say this on the podcast. Our brains are doing everything they can do constantly to keep us safe. Like all of our triggers, all the things we're worried about. It's just our brain trying to keep us safe, which is really actually nice. (laughs) Well, it's it's that earnest like little person in us. The little version of us who like literally couldn't advocate – I think about my little self, you know, and not having the language or the emotional maturity to describe what I wanted or what I needed and not getting my needs met. Yeah. And so the response to that was try to control things or trying to perform in order to feel valuable or, uh, you know, um, trading vulnerability for like, I, I can be vulnerable with you and then you can like me more, right? Like I was doing my best to survive. And so if you look at, if I, if you look at, today and if you're feeling comparison with other people who are coupled really acknowledging that that's just a younger version of yourself who just wants to be safe Mm. and having compassion for that version of yourself having compassion for her and saying like because self-compassion will stop comparison in its tracks 
Self-compassion is not just like going easy on yourself. This is something that I love talking about in my work and my programs and my book because self-compassion is not just like a fluffy thing. It's a scientifically proven resource. 2014 study out of Stanford found that self-compassion is a force that reduces cortisol, so reduces stress, and increases resiliency. Two things that you definitely need to move through any comparison spiral, right? Because what's happening is that you get stuck in the idea that it's a fact and you want to be safe and you're trying to fix it. When in actuality, to fix it, what you need to do is stop and offer yourself self-compassion, which I can share like is three concrete things because sometimes people are like, do self-compassion. And then you're like, okay, how? Like, what does that look like? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So give us the three things. I love that. The three things. I want to repeat that. Self-compassion will stop comparison in its tracks. If I was Oprah, I would be like, that is a tweetable moment. If I've ever heard one, you know, that is like (laughs) such a statement. I love that. Okay. Now go ahead. Amazing. Okay. So first, you know, level set, put your hands somewhere compassionate. That's not one of the steps. It's just like a, you know, a a thing to do when you're getting ready on your heart, on your belly, on your lap, like put your hands on your, and then like unclench as much as you can in your physical body. Yeah. The three steps, which I am interpreting and I'm adapting from Dr. Kristen Neff's work, who wrote the book, Self-Compassion. Um, and as a Ted talk, star, you know? So number one, kindness over judgment. So to me, that sounds like, of course, I'm struggling. Right. Of course, of course, I'm feeling comparison. Mm. Of course. Instead of trying to fix it or be like, shut up, be quiet. Don't, don't think that way. Be like, of course, I'm struggling right now. That makes total sense. Give yourself the benefit of your context. I was raised in the South. I was taught that a romantic relationship meant that you were more worthy. Of course, Mm. I'm struggling with this day. Number one, kindness. Number two, community over isolation. That looks like getting your butt with people that love you. (laughs) Like even mentally imagining yourself surrounded by people that love you or, you know, calling a friend. And that's why I do all of my group, all of my coaching in groups, because belonging is a subtle proofing force. When you get in community, it is an actively settled proofing force because if you're stuck in comparison, comparison beget, it creates more isolation. It's like, I'm the only one. I'm broken. Totally. I'm different. And then yes. the isolation is a version of small settling that I've seen in my own story and other people's stories leads to big settling down the road, you know? Mm-hmm. So to really solve for that isolation, you got to get in community and belonging, even mentally, if you can't be with somebody physically in in the moment. The third and final way to practice self-compassion is to notice thoughts, not facts. So to even like jot down on paper, here are the thoughts my brain is having. So many people avoid acknowledging the comparison thoughts because they're afraid that it makes them more true or that it will like, you know, be like, it'll make it a confirmation. But if you just write down what your brain's thinking and be like, Ooh, these are really hard thoughts and they're not facts. It's not a fact that I'm broken. It's not a fact that I'm actually behind. And just then go through the the, uh, self-compassion again, the kindness, the Mm. community, and then the thoughts, not facts, that stops comparison in its tracks. It is so true about writing things down because so often when I write down exactly what's happening in my brain immediately, just like you said, you're like, wait, that's not true. Like, it's like, you just have to see it sometimes because if you leave it in the head, you got to like process it out because if you leave it in your head, like my head can get real dangerous. The hamster, (laughs) you know, like the hamster wheel will just take me 800 miles down the road of something that is not actually ever even true. 
So I love that, writing it down. Well, one of the other pieces of the comparison, though, I think that can kind of get triggered, or I've noticed this with my friend groups, is like that thing where all your friends are asking, well, what are your plans? Or like you go see your grandmother and the first question is, well, are you dating anyone? You know, like it's just this constant thing about what does your dating life look like? What does your then relationship look like when you get in one? When are you going to have a baby? When are you going to like all the stuff? And so I love that you have started talking about boundaries around your dating life and your relationships, having that with just your nosy friends and, and family or anything like that. So one, why do you think that it's important to have boundaries around that? And then two, how do we do it? What is happening when you're asking for advice? Like there are a couple different scenarios. One being you're asking for advice from your loved ones and relatives who you know can't really help you in the way you need or want to be helped, right? You know what your aunt is going to say. You know what your friend is going to say. They're going to say, it happens when you least expect it. Or they're going to say, are you sure you're not giving them too few chances or whatever? You know it's not going to work out. But you ask because you're earnestly trying to build like some sort of community you're trying to figure it out. And maybe your brain is thinking, well, they're in a relationship, so they must know something that mm. I don't know. False. <laughs> <laughs> it's false. Like, just because somebody's in a relationship does not mean they are qualified to give you dating advice. Okay. Amen to that. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And then what also might be happening is, you know, you are – When somebody asks, are you still single or why are you, how's your dating life going? You might be sent into a shame spiral Yes, because part of you is fearful that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in both of those scenarios, I think there's an external boundary to be set and an internal boundary to be set. Okay. The external boundary with other people who are nosy or who are trying to give you advice and you're like, you got to say... I've got this. Okay. So the confidence. The confidence. The, the, you know what? Dating is hard and I'm getting support for it. Like I feel better than I ever have about it. Or I'm getting help with like somebody who knows what they're talking about. Like you can just, you don't even have to give them that. You can just say, I've got this Mm -hmm. and thanks for your concern. And then go get support in an aligned space with somebody that you really trust or a coach or a therapist so that you can be supported because it's a very tender thing asking for help with your dating life. And I want people who are asking for help to be asking from people who are aligned with their values. I don't want there to be, you know, somebody giving you dating advice who just tells you to be less picky. That's not an alignment with your power. So that's the the external boundary. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say in the book, you even say like you were asking your friends for dating advice and it's like the blind leading the blind. And I'm like, right. (laughs) Like, why are we thinking that my friend who's struggling with dating too has any more information than I do? (laughs) Oh yeah. And then you can get into the negative spiral of conversation with your single friends, which then only increases the confirmation bias of it is hopeless. It won't work. So there's a lot going on there to set boundaries around the internal boundary, especially if you get sent into a shame spiral when you get asked about this, is reminding yourself, this is a feeling. It's not a fact. Mm. I am like the shame is trying to tell you like you're broken. You're something to fix. Just reminding yourself, whoa, that's a really hard feeling. It's not a fact. I'm willing to feel anything to be with you. Right? To be with yourself. There's- 
Is that what to you mean? To be yourself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because, and that's a uh, quote from Simone Soul, who's a coach I love, but, and I talk about this in the book, but the shame spiral continues. Let's just put you in your grandma's house okay. and she asks about your dating life. Mm-hmm. Why are you still single? Whatever. Mm-hmm. And then your body goes into like fight, flight, freeze, or fawn mode. Basically yes, you're in yes. sh- a shame spiral. You're like, oh my God, I don't want to talk about this and it's not going well. And how can she tell? And I don't know what to do. And maybe there is something wrong with me. The way to stop shame in its tracks is to give yourself permission to feel it and Mm. to let it pass instead of avoiding it for fear that it's going to last forever. Mm. I do this in my own life so regularly when I have a moment where I'm embarrassed or I feel shame. I'm not perfect at this, but the thing that's changed my life is like stopping being like, hey, Lily, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm willing to be with you right now. Mm. There's nothing that you could say, do, or feel that would make me want to stop being your friend. I'm feeling shame right now. That sucks. Ugh, it sucks. And then the more I acknowledge it and just like take deep breaths and see it in my body and like love on myself through this moment, it takes three to five minutes. And then I'm like, okay, I feel more clear. I feel less yeah. shame, ashamed. I feel more empowered because I have my own back instead of abandoning myself when I have a hard feeling for fear that yes. it's going to last forever. Oh, that is so good because so often too, like my grandmother is the perfect example. And I'm sure my mom is listening to this dying laughing because we make jokes about it because it's just like the constant question, you know, and I, I will be in a place of it doesn't even I'm in a happy place, you know, or in my life, I'll think that I am. And then I get the question. and I'm like, oh, it does. It hits that thing. And then immediately you can go into these shame spirals and you're like, what narrative am I attaching to this though? Because mm-hmm. it's just not the reality I'm living every right. day. But right. when she asks me, it all comes back up and it's just old, right. you know? So I right. love that staying with yourself, getting back grounded and going, wait, yeah. that's not even my narrative. I got this. Right. It's just a, it's a hard feeling. Yeah. And feelings aren't facts. They're valid. You get to feel them, but like- sure. It, it it may not – having the feeling of shame may not mean that you're behind or that you're not as healed as you thought. Like none of us are completely done cooking. No. So I, I think like feel the feeling and you'll move through it and you'll get back to grounded quicker. Yeah, and everyone's on their own timeline. That's what I always say to people. It's just like that is a big Southern one is like by a certain age and all of that stuff. And it's just like everybody's journey looks so different on purpose. It's supposed yeah. to. We don't have to do things exactly when Susan does things, you know? Right. Well, and if we sort of take a step back and and look at the historical context of women women in romantic relationship, it wasn't until 1974 that women could get a credit card without their husband's signature. So you did need to be married. So economically, the concept of, you know, um, the concept of being single was economically untenable for so many women until wow. very recently in our collective yeah. memory. So the the idea of got to be married by a certain age, got to be partnered up is tied to a historical context of like women had to settle until very recently. And, uh, and you know, and some people didn't settle like like good for you. But right. I just want to I want people to understand the macro of this so that you don't feel, you know, like you're unmoored in your brain or like there's something wrong with you. Like there's a reason that you feel this way and it's important to acknowledge it. Did you say 1974? Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. That is just like shaking me. That is not very long ago. 
Nope. Wow. Nope. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. You know, there's been a revolution in the last 50, 60 years in the way we talk about women at work. Yeah. But there's not been the same revolution about women in dating. No, not at all. And that's why that's why I built my business. That's why I wrote this book because the dating space needs a feminist revolution. Mm-hmm. Not to like, you know, and not to do the thing of like, you know, on TikTok there's the the women who are like, I'm not a feminist. I can cook. I'm not a feminist. I enjoy, you know, having my husband. Like feminism is about collective freedom for everybody. And it's about having the agency in our lives to cho- to to um, pursue what we desire and to create freedom for more people, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's deeper than the surface for sure. Yeah. I love that history for us. Um, let's talk a little bit about if you are listening and you're like, I just don't have plans tonight. Like, wow, what am I going to do? Kind of just, yeah, you're hearing what we're saying, but you're also like, yeah, and I still hate this day and whatever. How do we celebrate <laughs> ourselves? You know, like how we're talking we just... about 1974. We got, we're like, we're going to, how do we celebrate ourselves? Okay. Yes. How do we have a good day today? Here's how to have a great day today and to like feel yourself. Okay. Yeah. I have a couple of suggestions, a choose okay. your own adventure. Simple two minute practice. I call it 20 and two, where okay. I want you to put, grab a piece of paper, set a, Grab a pen, set a two-minute timer, and try to write down 20 reasons why you're the best and why you love yourself. Okay. Literally, write, try to write down – most people will not get to 20 reasons, and they'll be like, oh, wow, that took me a little longer than I thought. Some of you will be like, 25 reasons, 30 reasons in two minutes. Just tr- try it and see what's on your piece of paper, and then text a friend to do this exercise with you, and then okay. exchange brags. Love exchange that. Exchange why you love each other. Yeah. So just like bring community in, talk about – because. 
this in a dating context, that's a great exercise to do before a first date or anytime you need to kind of get off on yourself a little bit or like kind of boost your self-confidence because you are bringing so much to the table. That's the 20 and two exercise. Well, and then I imagine if you share it with a friend, like I just know the way that my friends are, we might be like, and you're this, and you're this, and you start getting more feedback about great qualities about yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's the giving yourself permission to celebrate yourself and to be celebrated. Okay, done. Yeah. Gonna do that. Just like so many people don't do it, you gotta do it in your in your life and your love life because your love life is about you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It yes. is a reflection of you. Yeah. Another thing to do is just acknowledge how do I want to feel today? Okay. If I feel hopeless today, do I want to feel hopeful? If I feel a little, you know, um, anxious today, do I want to feel grounded? And then, you know, if you, anybody listening to this podcast has been on probably a a healing journey, a a, a journey of self-discovery, y'all know what makes you feel good. Amen. Do something that makes (laughs) you feel good. I'm, I like, whether that is masturbating, whether that is watching Parks and Rec and ordering takeout or like making a gorgeous charcuterie board for yourself, whether that is randomly texting a friend, going over to their house and just like hanging out and and drinking a mocktail or whatever it is, like, you know what makes you feel good. Give yourself permission to do that thing, period. This goes back to bringing the energy you want in your dating life into your life now, like whether you're in a relationship or not. So if you're taking yourself on these kind of dates, that's what you begin to like, that's what you attract, right? Yeah. Well, I think it is a worthiness question for me, Yeah. right? Yeah. Reminding yourself, I'm worthy of feeling good. I'm worthy of feeling chosen. I choose myself. I am worthy of feeling pleasure. I'm worthy of fill in the blank, right? Because the idea of Oh God, this has to suck until the dating has to suck until I just randomly meet somebody and I'm I'm not good at it and whatever. That's keeping you that narrative is trying to keep you safe, yeah. but it's it's keeping you stuck. And yeah. so giving yourself permission to actually feel good in your love life, but with before you ever meet your person will free you up to attract more. Mm. I love that. Well, we've mentioned the book a couple of times. It's called Thank You More, Please. I can't wait for you guys to read it when it comes out in June. Will you just tell us a little bit, some bullet points about the book and kind of what people would find? Yeah, absolutely. So Thank You More, Please, A Feminist Guide to Breaking Dumb Dating Rules and Finding Love is my entire process to creating a joyful AF dating life that makes the right relationship inevitable. From stripping away the patriarchal narratives of dating, the dumb dating rules that are keeping you stuck, to really detoxing from dating app culture and toxic dating culture in general, to really creating your own rules. Mm. What do you need in your dating life? What boundaries do you need to start setting? I teach you how to do, I mentioned this earlier, how to do in-person dating with main character energy, like how to actually find love in person, which is how I met my husband, how to also create a joyful dating app experience, which feels counterintuitive, but like (laughs) is, it is doable, it's so doable, but in the moment it just feels like, what are you even saying? What language are you speaking really? I have helped thousands of humans build dating lives online and in person that are joyful and fulfilling and that lead to extraordinary relationships. And so this book is exactly the toolkit that you need to create a dating life that feels as brilliant as the rest of your life and that leads to love. So if you pre-order, you can pre-order like literally anywhere. And I have pre-order bonuses at datebrazen.com. 
com slash book where you can get coached by me as a pre-order bonus. You can join the Thank You More Please Club. We have a podcast listening guide. Um, and uh, if you want to work with me, I also have a free live training coming up tomorrow, February 15th, called Creating a Confident and Joyful as Fuck Dating Life that Makes the Right Relationship Inevitable. Um, and so all that info we can we can put, uh, I can share with you. It's at datebrazen.com as well. I will definitely put that in the description of this podcast for you guys. I do also know you have a thank you more please challenge. Yes. Can you tell the listeners about that? Okay. I put it on TikTok like <laughs> middle of last year and people went wild for it. Got millions of views. I was like, whoa, what like is people this? really resonate with this. Yeah. Thank you more please. Obviously the inspiration for the book um, is about building hope in your dating life and building actual tangible evidence that what you want exists. So instead of swimming in hopelessness, instead of really staying in like, what I want isn't possible, or there isn't a man who can meet my needs, or there's not a woman who can meet my needs, this is not going to happen. I dare you, I dare you to go out into the world for one week and look for a sliver of evidence that what you want does exist, right? It's working off of the, a sliver, a baby sliver, because your brain Toxic positivity is like, it does exist. Shut up. Don't don't be hopeless, right? That's toxic positivity. (laughs) And it's not going to work. Your brain's going to freak out if you try to force it into a belief that does not feel grounded in truth, which is why to change your brain and to change your actions and to change your results in your dating life, you got to start with building the evidence with the thank you more place challenge. So you go out in the world, you look for a sliver of evidence, a cute barista you have a flirty conversation with you see a cutie exiting a therapy office you make eye contact with somebody cute on the street and you give a little smile after those moments you just recognize it and say thank you more please and the universe is listening you just say out loud thank you more please not only will your brain start recognizing the evidence around you more often because you're rewarding your brain with a thank you more please moment you also will start building a new neural pathway in your brain that says, it might be possible that the love of my life is on their way. It might be possible that what I want exists, which then creates more empowered action, which then creates more attraction. Oh my God. Like it's, that's what I was saying about the book. Like that is like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I do that? But I would have never thought of that. So thank yeah, you. That is course. amazing. I'm going to do this tomorrow. And actually, moving forward, I'll start my challenge tomorrow. Or uh, this, We're recording this early, obviously. This is Valentine's Day. So maybe if you're listening, start it with me. Let's do this. Thank you more, please. I love thank that. Thank you more, please. And yes. I think that it's like it's manifestation with very tactical action. Yes. Like, I tend to get lost in the sort of the so like, okay, what do I do to manifest? Just go out in the world and look for a thank you more please moment and say thank you more please out loud. Even if you feel awkward, even if you do it messy, even if you yeah. feel nauseous, like taking this action, still do it because those that do it are not only telling me they're building so much more hope in their dating lives, mm-hmm. they're attracting dates with yeah. this thank you more please challenge. They're it. literally approaching people in the real world. They're being approached in the real world and uh, it's working for people. So that's why the book is called Thank You More Please because it's about this like permissive revolution to yeah. really give yourself permission to want what you want and to attract it with more ease and less yeah. hustle. Yeah. Um, and that's what Thank You More Please is about. Well, and again, I just keep going back to everything you're saying reminds me of just 
when you put yourself in the position to feel the feeling that you like, that you want, and then I love that you're acknowledging it to the universe, like, yes, that is it. That's the thing I've been looking for. Then it does. It's just, we become magnetic for that kind of stuff. It's so, I'm such a big energy person. So that just makes sense. I love it. I love it. And it's also about like the more please of it all is we don't have to settle. Exactly. You don't have to to just settle for the scraps and be like, thank you so much. Or just like, thank you more, please. Let's go. Keep it coming, universe. Yes. I love this. Lily, thank you so much. These are such tangible tips for everyone, including myself. And I'm so excited to try this challenge. Where else can people find you? I know we said the book comes out in June, and I'll make sure to put that in the description of this podcast. But where else can people find you if they want to stay in touch in the meantime? Yeah, the Date Brazen podcast is my podcast. It's it's the go-to uh, one-stop shop for all things feminist dating advice that's going to have you feeling joyful and finding amazing partnership. Uh, and then you can also find me on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok is my main jam, um, okay. at Date Brazen, D-A-T-E-B-R-A-Z-E-N. And again, I will put that in the description of the podcast for you guys. Thank you so much for being here and celebrating Valentine's Day with us. Happy Galentine's Valentine's. I am grateful for this conversation. And anybody listening know that I'm over here in Brooklyn believing that what you want is possible before you, if you can't believe it right now, I'm believing it for you. And you can just relax and and have a good time on Valentine's Day. (laughs) I love that. Thank you for being here. And thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson, where we believe everyone has a little velvet and a little edge. Subscribe for more conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. Search Velvet's Edge wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.